0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9
1: Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul. Wow, welcome again to another amazing opportunity to spend a few minutes together on this Erev, Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Chaye Sora, Shin Pei Beis. Thank you so much for tuning your radios, for putting on your devices, for wherever you may be and whatever kind of device you're listening on, for joining us. And kind of tuning in to us as we <clears throat> spend a bit of time together on this of Shabbos, getting ready for another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. I hope last Shabbos and the Shabbos project was an amazing inspiration for you and that your Shabbos this week will be even better than it ever was and more inspired and, and we'll learn together to, to keep Shabbos better and and want to devote ourselves completely and totally to Shabbos. You know, rabbis sometimes have a Yetzirah also, an evil inclination. I have to share with you this idea right away before we go even even further. Please, please forgive me. The Medrash says in Buresh's Rabbah that Avraham Ovinu was saved from the fiery furnace that King Nimrod threw him into in the merit of Yaakov, who would be his grandson, that was going to come out from his children, and the obvious question is, I don't understand. Without the merit of Yaakov, wasn't uh, Avram Avinu worthy of being saved in his own merit? So there's a Medrash Tanhuma that says that at the time when uh, when Avram was thrown in the furnace, the angels. We're accusing him. And it said, Hashem, you can't save him. Because look at his descendants. He's going to have so many evil people that are going to come from his descendants. And therefore Hashem said to them, don't worry. I'm saving him in the merit of Yaakov Avinu, his grandson. And that really requires explanation. Okay, it's true that his grandson is going to be the great Yaakov Avinu. But that doesn't really answer the, the, the accusation of, of, uh, of the angels, There are all going to be evil people coming out of him. How does that mitigate and allow Hashem to save Avram Avinu? So there's an amazing idea in the Sefer Yitav Leib on Pasha Svayachi that he brings the, the words of the, of the Proshas Trochim, that when a person is in a difficult situation, And there are forces in Shemayim that are accusing, that that are advocating against him. And he has defense advocates on his side. So what does Hashem do? Hashem adds to his positive accounts the merit of mitzvahs that he's going to do in the future and considers them as if they're already done. And joins them together, and that way he's able to exonerate a, a person. However, if there are any averes that a person is going to do, those are not counted. Those don't come to the cheshman, and they're not. They don't. They don't weigh at all, as we find by Yishmol. Hashem heard the sound of the of the of the cry of the boy. By sheru what he was then, even though in the future he and his descendants were going to do terrible things to the Jews, it didn't, it didn't matter. Says the Yitzhak this concept was first discovered, was first brought into the world by Yaakov Avinu. Because in Parshas when Yaakov Avinu wanted to bless his two grandchildren, Ephraim and Manasseh, so originally, Yaakov didn't want to bless them. Because again, he saw a binavu, he saw a prophecy that uh, there were going to be some evil descendants. However, afterwards, he blesses them. Why? Because here Yaakovino accomplishes that. It's true that even if a person is going to do sins afterwards, we don't count that at the moment. We only count the mitzvahs that are going to be fulfilled. Therefore, we understand why Avram Avinu was safe from the fiery furnace in the merits of Yaakov, because even though the Malachim were accusing him and saying they're going to be, you, let, let's kill Avram because of all the all evil people that are going to come. Says Hashem, no, no, here comes Yaakov, and and Yaakov instituted this concept that we only look in the future for the good. And not, and not for the bad. How's that for an idea to start off the show? This is 101.9 high FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back with so
0: much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnub, only on 101.9 high FM. 11.9 Chai FM,
1: this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Shabbos <laughs> Sara, Welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for taking some time to spend a little bit of your Erev Shabbos with us. And let's get inspired. Let's learn some Torah. Let's get into this week's this week's Parsha. Because one of the main topics, of course, in this week's Parsha is Eliezer being sent by Avram Avinu to go find a wife for his son Yitzhak, which, of course, was so important because that was going to lead to the entire future of of or the man, the, the the person that Yitzhak was going to to marry, would clearly then be the progenitor of Yaakov, of the 12 tribes, of what we are today. And therefore, why don't we learn a little bit about who Eliezer was, what role he played, and where he ended up. So there's a very, very interesting, in the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, in chapter 16, Perikazin, it says there, it is in describing Eliezer, that he was zakan Avdi shel Avram, that he was the elder states and he was the slave of Avram Avinu. And uh that was his name, he was Eliezer. Where did he where did he come? Where did the slave come from? says the says the tongue laza says. says when Avram Avinu, uh, uh, was rescued from the fire, from the fiery furnace that Nimrod had thrown him into in the place called ur So it says there that all the great leaders of the generation were incredibly impressed and overawed by what happened to Avram. And they all came and gave him gifts. And even Nimrod, the evil man who had actually thrown Avraham Avinu into the fire furnace, was so impressed that he gave to Avram his slave, Eliezer, and he gave it to him as a slave to own forever. When Eliezer went and did this tremendous kindness of Going and finding a wife for Yitzchak, Avram actually emancipated him and freed him from slavery and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him the tremendous, tremendous reward that he deserved in this world and, wait for it, made him into a king and in fact, Eliezer became Og Melech Habashan. How's that for a surprise turn of events? And that's the end of the, of the Medrish. We see from this that Eliezer, who started off his life as Eliezer Ever Avram, ended up as Oig Melchaboshen. Elsewhere in the Pic Rabbin and in Perak Chav Gimel, he brings regarding Oig Melchaboshen's history, that he was saved from the great flood, from the marble. Because the Torah says, yakum, that Hashem wiped out everything that existed in the world. And the Major says, excepting, of course, for Noach and everything that was with him in the Teva. Because, as the Postle says, ach noyach, only Noach was, was, was left. And with the exception of Oig Melech HaBoshon, who sat on a piece of wood under sort of the, the jet stream of the, of the Teva, and he swore to Noach and to his sons that he would be an eternal slave to them as gratitude for them having allowed him to be saved. So what did Na'ach? What did Na'ach do? He made one little hole in the teva, and he provided a og with his food through that little hole in the teva every single day. He would give him his food, and Aik also survived the marble, as it says, "Rak Oig Melech only." Oig, the king of Boshin, Nisham Rafaim. He was the only one left from these great, great Rafaim giants, these frightening giants. Now, obviously, you're going to ask the question, how did, uh, uh Oig manage to survive the, the Mabel? We know the waters of the, of the Mabel were boiling, were boiling hot. So, the, the Gemara explains, in Beis, that a miracle happened, and the water that was around the teva was not boiling. It cooled down considerably. And that was so, that, uh, first of all, it shouldn't melt the, the tar, which the, the, the teva was, was lined with, was smeared with. Because that, uh, that obviously could have, could have affected the, the teva and would have made it not waterproof if the, uh, if the tar melted. And therefore in that cool water, which was around the, the teva, Oig managed to survive for the entire time of the, of the flood. And the, the, one of the commentaries on the medrash says, that after these events, Oig was given by inheritance to, to Cush, and he gave him to Nimrod, and then as we see, Nimrod gave him as a gift to Avram When and Avram Avinu was saved from the fiery furnace, right? So, uh, uh, and we just spoke a little bit about Avram being saved in the first, in the first uh, section of the show. So Nimrod was, was very, very subdued in front of Avram and he gave him as a gift. He gave him as a gift, Eliezer as a, as a servant. Now, later on, when we have in Pashas Lecha, we have the war of the fourth kings against the five kings and the four bully, you know, the superpowers, they are victorious over the five kings and they take many, many people as captives and amongst the captives they took also Lot, who was Avram's nephew. So the Torah says, by your boy, Hippolyte, the escapee came to tell Avram." that in fact, his nephew had, had been taken captive. Now, Rashi brings the words of the Medush Rabbah that this was Oig Melech and his intention was not really so altruistic, his intention was not good at all, he didn't really care about saving Lots, but he had a, 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 some, a, a desire for Sarah, and he hoped that Abraham Avinu would go and, and, and go and get, go out to war against these four kings, where certainly he would be killed, and then I would be able to marry a, a, a Sarah. However, according to what the uh Rabbi uh, is saying, if Oig Melach is in fact Eliezer. So then this whole thing doesn't hang together. We can't in fact say that the poet was Oig, Melech because he was actually on the other side. It says that Avram took 318 soldiers and some say, well, it wasn't 318. It was actually Eliezer. So Eliezer was actually fighting on, on Avram's side, right? And in fact, in the, in it explains that the Palet was not Oig Melech HaBashon. This was, in fact, the Malach Michael. I. Why was he called Hapolet the Escaping? Because at the time, <coughs> when HaKadosh Baruch Hu threw the angel that epitomizes all evil, whose name is Samach Mem Aleph Lamid. When, when Hashem sort of displaced him from his place of Kedusha because of the, the sin of Adam Arishan. So Samuel grabbed the Malach Michal and wanted to, to pull Michal out of heaven with him. Only Akadish Baruch Hu, uh, uh, he grabbed Michal and, uh, he saved him from, from this Malach, and therefore Malach Michal is called the name Polet, because he managed to escape from the from the captivity, from being grabbed by, by, by Samuel we're going to come back and talk more about this but we need to go away for a moment, please stay with us there's much much more to come, this is one point nine Chaifem, the program is Soul to Soul, and we're
0: just warming up <laughs> This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Shnerb, only on 101.9 Chai FM.
1: 101.9 one Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kurdish Pashos Chayi taf, Shin, Pei, Beis. Welcome to all of you, thank you so much for taking some time to spend a little bit of your Erev Shabbos with us, and let's get inspired, let's learn some Torah, let's get into this week's this week's Pasha, because one of the main topics, of course, in this week's Pasha is Eliezer being sent by Avramovinu to go find a wife for his son Yitzchak, which of course was so important because that was going to lead to the entire future of, of so The man, the, the, the person that Yitzchak was going to, to marry would clearly then be the progenitor of Yaakov Avinu of the 12 tribes of what we are today. And therefore, why don't we learn a little bit about who Eliezer was, what role he played, and where he ended up. So there's a very, very interesting in the Pirkei Durab Eliezer in chapter 16, nine. it says there, it is in describing Eliezer that he was Zakan Avdai Shel Avram, that he was the elder states, and he was the slave of Avram Avinu, of and, uh, that was his name, he was Eliezer. Where did he, where did he come? Where did the slave come from, says the, he says the tongue, says, when Avram Avinu, uh, uh, was rescued, from the fire, from the fiery furnace that Nimrod had thrown him into in the place called Ur-Kastim. So it says there that all the great leaders of the generation were incredibly impressed and overawed by what happened to Avram. And they all came and gave him gifts. And even Nimrod, the evil man who had actually thrown Avram of into the fire furnace was so impressed that he gave to Avram his slave Eliezer and he gave it to him as a slave to own forever when Eliezer went and did this tremendous kindness of going and finding a wife for Yitzchak Avram actually emancipated him and freedom from slavery, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave him the tremendous, tremendous rewards that he deserved in this world, and wait for it, made him into a king. And in fact, Eliezer became Og Melech Habashan. How's that for a surprise turn of events? And that's the end of the of the medrash. We see from this that Eliezer, who started off his life as Eliezer Ever Avram, ended up as Oig Melachaboshen. Elsewhere in the Pic Lazar in Perak Chav Gimel, he brings regarding Oig Melachaboshen's history that he was saved from the great flood, from the marble. Because the Torah says, Vayimach Eskolayakum, that Hashem wiped out everything that existed in the world. And the Major says, excepting, of course, for Noyach and everything that was with him in the Teva. Because, as the Pesach says, Vayishoyer Ach Noyach, only Noyach was, was, was left. And, with the exception of Oig Melech who sat on a piece of wood under sort of the, the jet stream of the of the Teva and he swore to Nayak and to his sons that he would be an eternal slave to them as gratitude for them having allowed him to be saved. So what did Noach what did Nayak do? He made one little hole. In the teva, and he provided a uh, og with his food through that little hole in the teva every single day. He would give him his foods, and og also survived the marble, as it says, "Rock og melech only the king of Nisham He was the only one left. From these great, great reformed giants, these frightening giants. Now obviously, you're going to ask the question, how did, uh, uh Oig manage to survive the, the Mabel? We know the waters of the, of the Mabel were boiling, were boiling hot. So, the, the Gemara explains in Zavokim, Daf Kufyud Gimel Ahmad Beis, that a miracle happened, and the water that was around the teva was not boiling. It cooled down considerably. And that was so that, uh, first of all, it shouldn't melt the, the tar which the, the, the teva was, was lined with, was smeared with, because that, uh, that obviously could have could have affected the the teva and would have made it not waterproof if the uh, if the tar melted, and therefore in that cool water which was around the the teva, Oig managed to survive for the entire time of the of the flood. And the the one of the commentaries on the medrash says that after. These events Oig was given by inheritance to to Cush and he gave him to Nimrod, and then as we see Nimrod gave him as a gift to Abraham Avinu and Abraham Avinu was saved from the fiery furnace, right? So uh uh and we just spoke a little bit about Abram being saved in the first in the first uh, uh, section of the show, so Nimrod was was very very subdued in front of Avram, and he gave him as a gift. He gave him as a gift, Eliezer as a as a servant. Now later on, when we have in Pashas Lechlecha, we have the war of the fourth kings against the five kings, and the four bully. the superpowers they are victorious over the five kings and they take many many people as captives and amongst the captives they took also Lot who was Avram's nephew so the Torah says by your boy Hapolot the escapee came to tell Avram that in fact his nephew had, had been taken captive now Rashi Brings the words of the Medrash that this was Oig Melech Haboshan, and his intention was not really so altruistic. His intention was not good at all. He didn't really care about saving Lot, but he had a a a, a some a, a desire for Sarah, and he hoped. And Avraham would go and, and, and go and go out to war against these four kings. Where certainly he would be killed, and then I would be able to marry a, a, a Sarah. However, according to what the uh Rabbi uh, is saying, if Oig Melachaboshen is in fact Eliezer, then this whole thing doesn't hang together. We can't in fact say that the poet was Oig, Oig Melech because he was actually on the other side. It says that Avram took 318 soldiers and some say, well, it wasn't 318. It was actually Eliezer. So Eliezer was actually fighting on, on Avram's side, right? And in fact, in the, in Picto it explains that the poet was not Oig Melech Ha-Bashon. This was, in fact, the Malach Michael. I. Why was he called Hapolot the escaping? Because at the time, <coughs> when HaKadosh Baruch Hu threw the angel that epitomizes all evil, whose name is Samach, Mem, Aleph, Lamed, when, when Hashem sort of displaced him, from his place of Kedusha because of the, the sin of Adam Arishan. So Samuel grabbed the Malach Michal and wanted to, to pull Michal out of heaven with him. Only HaKadosh Baruch uh, uh, he grabbed Michal and, uh, he saved him from, from this Malach. And therefore, Malach Michal is called the name Polet because he managed to escape from the, from the captivity, from being grabbed by, by, by Samuel. We're going to come back and talk more about this, but we need to go away for a moment. Please stay with us. There's much, much more to come. This is 1 1.9 The program is soul to soul and we're just warming up. <laughs>
0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9
1: High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio this Saturday, Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas, Chayesora. And we started in our last segment to discuss a very interesting topic about who was this Eliezer, who was this Eved of Avram, who was sent on the mission to find a wife for Yitzchak, Avinu. And we said that he has. he was a, a slave who actually was the slave of Nimrod and was bequeathed to Avram Avinu as a gift after Avram was rescued from the fiery furnace and after the great job that Eliezer did in finding a wife for, for Yitzchak, Avram Avinu emancipated him, gave him his freedom and he became Oig Melachaboshen who we know had survived the, the flood by sort of, uh, hanging on to the Tevan being fed by, by Noach. Based on this, the Yalkut Ruveni in Pasha's Chukas explains to us now very, very, uh, justifiably the reason that Moisha Ben was so afraid to actually go to war against Oig Melech until Hakadosh Baruch had to actually reassure him and say to him, sorry, don't be afraid of him. Say, because I've given him over into your hand. and his whole nation, and his whole and his whole land. you'll do to him. You'll do to him exactly as you did to Sichon, and you'll defeat him. In other words." Uh, a, a moment before Moshe Abainu had been victorious over Sichon, the king of the Emire. And the Gemara says in Nida Daf Samachalers that he was actually the brother of, of Oig. So why was he worried? Well, in the same way as he had been victorious over Sichon, why couldn't he breach, why couldn't he beat brother Oig? says the Yal-Kadruveni, because Oig oh, was Eliezer Ever Avram, so he had all, he had this tremendous, tremendous zuchus, this tremendous merit, that he had made the Shidduch, for, for Yitzchak, and therefore, maybe this was going to protect him, and that's why Moshe Benin was afraid, similarly, the Al-Sheikh, adds in, Pashas devarim, that Eliezer Ever Avram actually gave himself a bris milah. So therefore maybe the, this chus of the bris milah would stand in his good stead as a protection and would not allow the Jews to be victorious. And that in fact is brought also by, by the, uh, by the Zorah Kaddish in Pashas Chukas that Eliezer who is aig, well, it was, was brist with all his whole family together with, with, uh, with, uh, with Avram. And, uh, and, but unfortunately, well, later on, he, he kind of, uh, 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 wanted to hide the fact, let's say, that he had a brist And that's why, in fact, he was able to fall into the hands of, 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 of Maisha and be destroyed from, from, from this world. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, don't be afraid of him, because you don't have to be, you don't have to be afraid of his bris, because he abrogated that, that, uh, that bris. But this, this tremendous, tremendous chirish, that many of us probably never, ever heard of, that Eliezer is in fact Oig on one level, it's incredible to try to understand it because in fact uh Ravelio in his shave in his uh in his safer shave it ha uh asks because al El- uh Eliezer the Gemara says was one of those 9 sadikim that went into Gan Eden still alive as in fact is brought in, in Derech Deracheret in the end of Perak Aleph, and also in, in the Medrash, in, in the, in the Yalkut, Yalkut Shemini. And the Medrash explains why was it that Eliezer merited to go into Gan Eden alive. So it says there that, uh, uh when, when Eliezer was bringing Rivka back to meet, to meet Yitzchak, so it says that when she saw Yitzchak va al she fell off or nearly fell off the camel the the camel why because she saw in her ruach hakadesh that uh that from her and from her husband Yitzchak were going to come a seferash so she started shaking and 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 uh, at that point she lost her Hymenal, uh, membrane. And she began to bleed. The, 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 uh, the, uh, hymenal blood began to come forth. Hashem away said to Malachi, we'll go and guard that blood that it shouldn't go off and it shouldn't make her blemished. So when Yitzchok was with her for the first time and discovered that she wasn't a virgin, so he straight away suspected that Eliezer maybe had uh, had been with her uh, on the way home. So he says to her, where are your basulim?" So she said to him, when I fell off the camel, so I became, I, I lost my virginity. So he said to her, you're lying. How do I know you're telling the truth? Right? Maybe Eliezer uh, 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 started with you. And she swore to him, that Eliezer did not touch her. So they went and they found a piece of wood that was tainted with blood. Straight away, Yitzchak knew that she was, that she was pure. Says Akadish Hu what can I do to this slave who was, who was suspected of doing something he never did? So he said to the Imam Bring him live into Gan Eden. And that was Eliezer, the son of of, of of Nimrod. In fact, the Gemara also, in, in Baba Basra, on Daphnon Ches, says that Rabbi Banah would used to go around and mark all the graves where Tzaddikim were buried, so that Kayanim, Shouldn't come to to walk on on them and become and become tameh, and when he came to the maoras hamachpela to the cave of machpela, so he saw Eliezer the servant of Avram standing by the entrance of of the maoras hamachpela. So he said, "How can we say that Eliezer is Oig? Oig we know was killed." by Moshe Benu, as it's more says, in, 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 uh, in, Brachas. So that's a problem. So, the Chizkuni, wants to say, that, there are actually, two, different, Oig And, this was in fact, the, the name, the title, given, to every king, in, in Bosham, was called, in the same way as all the kings in in Egypt were called Paro, and originally Eliezer was the king, and after he went and ascended to God Eden alive, so now someone else came and he became the king of of, of Bashan and he was the Ogmel Chabashan that uh, fought against and was one that Moshe Benu, uh, uh killed. Now, Rabbi Leel himself, he wants to sort of uh, 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 maintain and say, no, that the, the Eliezer Ever Avram is the same one and only Ogmelech HaBashan, and how does he rationalize, how does he de- defend, how could Elie- El- El- Eliezer have been the king and also got up to to uh uh Gadeiden. so he answers it kabbalistically perhaps we can give another another answer but we need to introduce it by by determining who were we said that al khabash was the last of the leftover of the nephilim who were these nephilim from whom Oymelachaboshan descended. So in Pasha's Breishis, towards the very end of the Pasha in Perik Vav, Pasuk Daleth, it says, Hayu Ba'aretz The nephilim were on the in the land on those days. The achrechen, and even afterwards, asheyavayu b'nei ha el when the Salat B'nei Lakim, whoever they were, uh, uh, became attracted to the daughters of men, the yaldulahem, and they gave birth to them, Heima Giborim Asher These were the very, very strong people who were always the men of valor, the men of of, that, the, men of, of with the name. And Rashi explains who were these, when the filum comes from the word, Nafal, to felt. And he says, cause these people fell and they brought the whole world down with them. And because the, and, and in, in Ibrot, it's an expression of, of giants. But again, the, the, the Rashi is very, very brief and doesn't really give us a real insight into what happened. And it doesn't really explain where did they fall and what was the reason why? Why they fell, and what was the outcome of of that of that uh, of that falling? So the the Alkatshemini brings a lot more detail. Yatrani in Pashas Barachus in Remes Mem brings a lot more detail as to what happened with these with these Nifidim. and it says there that the Talmidim asked Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef. He says, what is Azoil?" So he said to them, since the, the uh, once the Dora Mabel came, the generation of the flood came, and they served the Zora, So the Torah says that Akadosh Baruch was very upset. was very sad. So two of the Malachim got up, and their names were Shamchazai, and Azazel, and they said to Rabbanishlan, the master of the universe, we are the ones that told you when you were about to create the world, and you wanted, you, want, you weren't sure, should I create man or not, we said to you, who is this man that you want to mention? So, so, uh, so, in always destroy the world. And so, uh, uh, Hashem said to them, and what's going to be with the world? So they said to him, Rabbanah Shalom, right? You yourself, we were, we were big, in big doubt whether to create the world. So Hashem answered them, it's, go live your dua, afana. I know very well. If you would go down to the earth, that you, the Yetzirah, would control and dominate you, and you would be even worse than 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 the people there. So they said to him, "Fine, give us permission, and we're gonna go down there and live with with human beings, and you'll see how we go about being Makadish, sanctifying your name." Hashem said to them, "Go, go down and live." Amongst the human beings, and unfortunately they were not successful. And straight away they get involved with, uh, with the with the the girls who were very beautiful, and they were not able at all to control their 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 Yetzirah. So straight away it says there that this shamchazai saw a particular girl, and her name was Istaher. And he was attracted to her, and he said, "Yeah, let's let's uh, let's be together." And she said to him, "No, I don't want to uh, be with you until you teach me the the full explicit name of Hashem that you use to go up to Shemayim. Right? When, when, whenever whenever you uh whenever you mention it, you go up to Shemayim." So he went and taught her that name and she mentioned the name and she went up to Shemaim and, and was not together with him. Says Akodesh Hu since she was able to hold herself back from the, the, uh, the avera, so find her a place amongst the, amongst the stars. And, and, and she'll, she'll stay there forever. And, and, and she was, uh, she was fixed in, as, as part of, uh, as part of Kima as one of the constellations. By the way, the Gemara in Brochus, Daphne and Ches says that Kima is a, a constellation of 100, uh, uh stars and, uh, in, in Japanese, the name of this Tsavir is subaru and uh, and uh, it says that even at the at the, uh, the the seven stars are actually on the on the flag of the uh, of the subaru it's, it's the emblem of the company subaru is those seven seven stars now when when and and Azale saw what happened, so they went and 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 married women and they had and they had uh, children and their names were Havu and Hay and uh Azale was involved in all kinds of uh in all kinds of uh jewelry and things like that and he sold women's Women's, uh uh, 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 jewelry, which they, uh, use to incite people to, to do, to do, uh, uh a virus. So, the, straight away, the, uh, one of the malachim was called Matatron, who was, uh, one of the malachim of, of Midas Sent a a a messenger to Khazai and said to him, "Do you know that Hakadosh Baruch is going to destroy his world and and bring bring a mabble to the world?" So Khazai started to cry, and he was so upset about the destruction of the world. So, what what's going to happen to his to his family? What are they going to eat if the world gets destroyed? Right, because. Everyone used to eat, uh, every day, uh, says, uh, uh, the equivalent of a thousand, a thousand camels and a thousand horses and a thousand oxen. So that night, so Heyu and Haye, his sons, they both had a dream. One of them saw a big stone spread over the earth, like a, like a table and the earth was, uh, was like lined with, with lines and a malach was coming down from Shemayim and his hand, he had like a knife and he was erasing all of those lines and, uh, he only left four words and one saw in his dream, a huge, huge orchard, beautiful orchard, planted with all kinds of trees, and there were malachim, with with uh, axes, in their hands, and they were cutting down, all the trees, and they only left, one tree, with three, three branches, on it, so when, they woke up, so they were very, very frightened. And they came to their father and he said to them, you know, a Kodesh Baruch was going to bring a, bring, a, bring, a, bring, a, bring a flood and all that's going to be left is Naya and his children. When they heard that, they were crying and screaming and he said to them, don't be so upset. At the end, Hazoyal did Tshuva and he was suspended between Heaven and earth, and the end result was that Eliezer, who was a child from these Nephilim, so basically he was half Malach from his father's side and half human being from his mother's side. So the way the Mephashim explained it is that it was Ayim Elach whom who Masha killed, but Mashiach Abenu killed the human side of of uh, of Eliezer, and the other half, which was half malach, that ascended to Gan Eden uh, uh, alive, and that, of course, also explains how Eliezer how Eliezer was able to be freed by Avram, because Allah says you're not allowed to free a a uh, a non Jewish slave, but since he was half human, half malach. And the Gemara says we poskin that you're not allow, not allowed to have a slave who's half slave and half free. Therefore, he was justified in 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 freeing him. Hope you enjoyed that very very interesting stuff. Not necessarily relevant halachically, but lots of fun anyway. This is one Chai FM soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment with our halachic segment. <laughs>
0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High fm 101.9
1: High fm this program is Soul to Soul. This is Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pasha's Chay Tovshin Thank you for joining us wherever you are, and no matter whether you've been with us until now, and, or just joining us now, we're so glad to have you on board as we go through another beautiful show, another beautiful Erev Shabbos. And as you always do at this time and the broadcast, we'll just go through the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, the earliest time for benching lift, for getting those candles up and on is 5.01. One minute past 5 o'clock, you can light candles. And obviously inspired by the Shabbos project last week and the beautiful Shabbos we all spent together. We're gonna try it again this week. We're gonna do it again together. And we're gonna to try to get those candles up as early as as possible. Five oh one is still plenty of time, still gives you over two hours from now to, to, to get it all together. And that's definitely, definitely doable. And light those candles and, and sort of simmer down into the beauty and the relaxation and the kedusha of of, uh, of of Shabbos. The latest time for benching Lich this afternoon and it's running away from us. It's six oh six. It's already getting quite near the the latest uh, time will be uh we'll be at our six fifteen time in about two weeks already. Six oh six is the latest time for benching Lich, Make sure you've got everything in place by by then. And you can really then anchor down and just enjoy the Shabbos. If you can, please go to Shul, be part of what's going on. There, sing a beautiful L'Chadaydi with the community, with the choir, whatever it might be. And really get into the the, the Shabbos Shkia. Then we'll be at 6.24. And therefore, if you want to, uh, Davin Meirev, and check your clock and make sure that you can Davin Meirev already and not have to repeat the Krih Shema again. So 6.42, 6.42 is already night, and you won't have to repeat the Shema if you finished, if you fin- if you say it by, by, uh, by, by then. Tomorrow is, of course, Shabbos Kriyish Pasha's Chaye Surah, and of course the beautiful Pasha that it is about the death of Sarah and most of the Pasha about the Shidduch of, of Yitzchak, of Vino, of, of, uh, Eliezer being sent to find a shiloch for for Yitzchak Avinu, beautiful, beautiful parsha, and of course they have Torah, is the very, very beginning of the book of Malachim, by Melach David Zaken, David's last last days and some of the intriguing events that went on in determining who was going to be his his successor. But tomorrow is also Shabbos Mavachim. Yes, we are about to enter Chodesh Kislev, Chanukah. Is not very far away. It's so funny to see. It's hard to get our head around it. Hanukkah begins actually still during November. Is already going to be going to be a, a, a Hanukkah. In fact, the first night of Hanukkah is in about four four weeks from from Sunday. And uh, Shabbos of Olchem of Chodesh. Kislev Rosh Chodesh will be on Friday next. Erev Shabbos will be will be Rosh Chodesh. And uh, so, therefore, we'll do Shabbos Those places that have special programs and maybe a nice kiddush or chant Shabbos get stuck into it, in in uh, enjoy it. And therefore, obviously, we won't say Avrahamim. And uh, Shabbos kiddush ends tomorrow night at six fifty six p.m. Four minutes before seven. It's already getting getting much much later. And, uh, but, it uh, gives you a nice long day. You can still, even though it's not the, uh, Shabbos walk, one can certainly go and take a walk. So nice on a Shabbos afternoon to go out and, and maybe even see some people or, or just walk around and stretch one's legs and get a little bit of the beauty of Shabbos outside one's, one's, one's home. But just let's make it a beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, uh Shabbos. We are busy talking about the davening and the learning that is so important and so appropriate on on a on a uh, on a Shabbos. Now, of course, because the whole ambiance of Shabbos is about being in a state of joy, in a state of of pleasure. Therefore, the the Torah one learns on Shabbos should be done in that state of happiness, in that state of of pleasure. And therefore, many of the, of the, of the poison of the alachic authorities bring down that one shouldn't necessarily learn very, very difficult, complicated types of, of or, or areas of learning on, on, on Shabbos, because if when you're learning, you're not able to comprehend what, what you're learning, so for that moment, you're in a bit of stress, you're in a bit of of, of, of pain. Now of course that's important because the way we acquire Torah is through ummel, through hard work, through sweat, through, through breaking our brows over things and, and there is some stress, but not necessarily on, on Shabbos. Say that from Sunday to Friday. And therefore, it's correct that Shabbos is a very, very, very good time for doing chazorah, for doing revision for things that you've already know well. Right, you've done daf this week. You've done six, or seven block in 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 Rosh Hashanah. Go over it. You're going to a weekly Shia and, and doing something. Go over it. it, Make sure you understand it. Make sure it's clear in your in your in your mind that you should have beautiful, clear things in your in your in your head, or or at least uh, if you're learning new things, learn things that are clear. Learn, learn, learn things that are comprehensible to to you, and obviously. Each person according to his own level. Some people will be able to understand more, some less, but get, get, uh, get into it. And even, even Tamil HaKham, even established Torah learners and Torah scholars. So on Shabbos, they should also pick things that are a little bit easier, that uh, they shouldn't have to work that hard as I said, we always want to look, work hard, work hard, but one shouldn't have to work that hard on their on their on their Torah. However, of course, like in all things in, in in Yiddishkeit, some say on the contrary that the Shabbos is a tremendous time for chiddush. For for uh, thinking of new novel ideas and therefore people who are into their learning, on the contrary, should learn difficult, involved sughis, and really, really go deeply in into them and, and try to get an understanding. And of course, it's it's not two opposing opinions. There's no, there's no argument here at at all. Everything depends on the person. Someone who really loves sort of the whole. I guess you'd call it maybe the pill-pull approach, asking questions, giving, giving answers. So then you can get involved. You can sink his head into something really, really complicated and, and, and love it. And someone who likes, uh, something that's straight, something that is, uh, uh absolutely clear. So then you should be involved in that. The main thing is to be involved in Learning that Shabbos is not a day to be wasted, not a time to just sit around with friends and family and enjoy oneself, That's certainly part of it. Have good meals, have good schmooze, have a good time. But a, a, a very, very, very a sufficient portion, a very, very, a, a large block of time on one Shabbos to be set aside for 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 learning. And of course, that the the, the, the uh, we want to be learning things. That are going to have a practical ramification. They should learn things that are going to direct the person, that are going to give a person inspiration, that's going to give a person direction and, and the ability to live his life as, as he should. And it's based on an apostle, we say it in Shema. And, and you shall, you shall, uh, learn them and, and guard them and, and know very much through that how you want to live, live your life. And that's what the, the halachic can bring down that if someone has only a few hours to learn, so so then he has to sanctify them to learn halacha because halacha is so important. It's what we do every single day. Every every activity we do is governed by halacha, and we have to know how to behave properly. And also, one has to learn things that talk about emuna. That to uh, strengthen our belief and our trust in our relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and Musa work on improving ourselves in order to sort of raise his whole spectrum, in order to raise the thing he thinks about, the thing he thinks about, and and to fix up his uh, his own his own uh, These are all so important, Now if that's obviously true, the the whole week. So how much more so that on Shabbos one should find time to learn words of Torah that will give him direction for his life? Because of course the whole central, the whole core of the week is our uh, is our is our Shabbos, and the the whole uh, purpose of Shabbos is to then be the light onto the week to light up and to and to direct us. How we're gonna handle, how we're gonna conduct ourselves, what are gonna be our goals for the for the uh coming coming uh, uh week. We're gonna come back in, in a moment with our last uh segment for the day. This is 101.9. The program, of course, is soul to soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station
0: in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 well,
1: High FM, so, so, back on your radio. We're so glad to have you as we draw to a close. We're talking about the obligation of learning Torah, especially on on Shabbos. And, and we're talking about the fact that a person has to think about what do I really enjoy? What are the parts of Torah that are gonna light up my, my life? You know, some people, everyone has their own, their own preference. And there's a concept of, La'ilam a person should learn what he enjoys learning, what sort of really gives him a, a high uh, in, 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 in his, in his life. You know, someone is busy the whole week learning all types of, 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 of learning, fine. So then, uh, they can, they can pick something else, but you know, maybe you want to learn some books about Emunah. Maybe you want to learn Tanakh. Who learns Tanakh these days? You know the stories of when you hear all these names of David and Shlomo and Achitofel, you should know all these people, all these people are on the a little bit about them. You know, it's not just the storyline that you're reading fables of our fathers. There's a lot of depth there. Or maybe some Musr. Or maybe you uh, enjoy chassidus, whatever it might be. Let it light you up. Tamil has said we're busy all week with all areas of of learning. Okay, they know what they want to do. And they, they will learn what they enjoy. And again, as I said, it's so great to be able to think of a new idea of a new question of a new answer, of of a new uh, a thought process on on Shabbos. In fact, the the this say that on Ma'itz Shabbos, when the neshama you say with the extra neshama you have goes back to Shamayim. Hashem asks new, Do you have something new to tell me? Do you have a chiddush that 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 you thought of that you heard this this uh, this week this Shabbos? And again. You don't have to uh, uh, think of things that require tremendous energy and, 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 and difficulty to learn, but something new, something a great answer to a question you've always had that you never knew that you never never knew before, a new understanding on, on some aspect of the parsha that you never sort of came to grips with, and if you can't do it yourself, so then listen, go to a she'er, hear something from a from a rav. You have kids. It's great to spend some time learning with your kids on, on Shabbos. And then you'll get a special mitzvah of learning Torah and teaching Torah to your, to your children. We say in Shema, we have our obligation to teach Torah to our, to our children. And anyone who teaches his son Torah, so the Torah, the, it's considered as if you taught not only him, but you've invested for all generations, uh, into the future. Because when you teach your son, Torah becomes part of his life, and there's a much better chance that he'll pass it on to his, to his child. And if you have grandchildren, Hashem, then get involved them with them. Go over with them what they learned, what they learned that week in, uh, in, in school. And it's considered as if you stood at our Sinai and received the, the Torah. And since the Torah, we know, was given on Shabbos, then Shabbos is a special, special day that's very, very, very fitting for carrying on and handing over the of, of of Torah. That's about all the time we have this week to spend together. I'm so sad that it's already over but I'm already looking forward to next week we'll be able to learn a little bit more about next week's Pasha and some more Aloha and spend a few, time, a few more minutes together getting chizot, strengthening ourselves becoming better and more involved and more committed Jews now I just want to thank you all for being part of our radio family thank you for listening thank you for being here every week giving us a reason to continue to broadcast and and to make a difference hopefully in all of your lives and just to wish each and every member of our radio family an amazing, beautiful, warm, heartening and strengthening good Shabbos.